I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Race for the Ring, episode 51, initiating an edit. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go! Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Race for the Ring. I am going to be doing a solo episode today. We had a lot of fun last week talking with my galantine, Alicia Powers, and diving into the importance of maintaining really strong female friendships, whether you're in a relationship or not, and all the fun that can be had with your gal pals. We also talked a lot about Valentine's Day, what that means when you're single, what that means about loving yourself, and ultimately what that means when you're in a relationship and some funny stories to go along with it. But today, um, I wanted to share a little bit of insight about the importance of editing your life and taking a really hyper-focused view of what's working and what's not. For me, I tend to do this not on a regular basis, probably not as often as I should, but I definitely make it a point to essentially assess things around my birthday. And some of you may or may not know, I've recently celebrated a birthday on January 30th. I turned 47. Um, and, you know, as I, I feel like each year I, I, you know, obviously I gain another notch in the bell in terms of <laughs> age. I, you know, everybody becomes wiser and smarter and I be just become less tolerant, I think, for nonsense overall. And that could look like a lot of different things, right? It could be your career or certain things you're willing to accept. Um, I mean, I'm blessed to own my own business, but you know, a lot of people think that means I am my own boss. And obviously, I guess technically I am and do manage a team. Um, but I often remind people that I have like 
20 to 40 any given like year or month of bosses that I have to report to, which are essentially my clients, right? Because I think of them as bosses. I work on their behalf and I take that very seriously. And I want to perform at the level that, you know, I'm at their discretion and doing right by them and not just sort of making up my own rules, so to speak. Um, so along with that obviously comes some unpleasantries and now I feel like, um, you know, not now, now, but recently in the last couple of years, I felt more inclined to edit my client lists based on those who I feel aren't servicing or serving rather my brand and me and the well-being of my team. Um, I also do that with, um, not really family, but I, what I'm willing to accept and not accept with family members. Um, luckily I don't have a lot of drama in my immediate family, so I don't have to deal with a lot of that, but you know, certain things come up and I've no longer really like, you know, I'm just sort of, I pick and choose what I'm willing to accept and how I'm going to react because that's the only thing I can control. Um, and then obviously that leads us to friendships and relationships and, Looking at who is, you know, in your circle and the friendships that are bringing you the most joy and the most support and the most love and um, those who are not. And I'm not to say that you have to break up with your friends. I just think that when you, myself, obviously speaking in the first person, when I, um, I guess, extend myself over and over and over again, and I'm not getting a lot of that back in return um, you can start feeling not only bad, but it becomes somewhat on the stressful side and it can bring you down in terms of men mental mindness, you know, being mindful, all mental health, um, just overall putting yourself in a bad mood that's unnecessary, basically. So I really took the time, you know, basically to start a new chapter. Every birthday is a new chapter. Actually, every day is a new chapter if you want to look at it that way. But, you know, in terms of like taking a, a really hardcore look at what's working and what's not, um, I really use this birthday to say goodbye to some toxic friendships, edit my life a little bit. I wanted to stay, you know, self-directed and stay on track for my life plan, which changes sometimes monthly or yearly or daily, depending on what goes on. But I do have a roadmap. And um, I think it's important that we all kind of maintain some sort of blueprint of what we want our life to look like. I think that's not obviously rocket science. It's not new. There's a lot of people that preach the same thing I'm saying. So I'm just going to chat with you a little bit about some of the things that I do and what some of my personal goals are professionally and personally um, on my roadmap and what I've removed and what I'm putting on. So uh, let's get right into it. I, I have a little bit of research and some articles that I dug up to kind of like support some of my um, consensus. <laughs> thesis, synopsis, and all of the above. Um, at any rate, um, let's start with like toxic friendships, shall we? So, you know, everybody has a good day. Everybody has a bad day. I'm included in that. I usually like to err more toward the upbeat, happy friend, but obviously not every day is going to be, you know, 
beautiful and blue skies and bright sunshine. So I, I'm a human being. So I, I don't necessarily think I'm one that will lash out on people. I think I'm pretty good about containing my um, frustration and, and mood. Um, I think that just comes with my time being a news anchor. Um, I remember many a times I would go to work. Um, one year in particular, I was ending a, a very serious relationship with a with a fiance actually. Um, and I remember, you know, going to work really sad every day. It was a really hard, you know, situation that I was going through. And I basically had to be happy and upbeat and deliver the morning news and, you know, chit chat with my co-anchor and make small talk and stuff like that. I could never basically like look sad or the least bit distraught. And a lot of ways that was sort of like, almost like a drug for me at the time, I was able to literally, I actually look forward to being able to not think about what was going on in my life and solely just be happy. Even if it wasn't necessarily my true happiness coming through, it was the scratch surface happiness that people were seeing. Um, but I do believe that that practice that kind of went on in my life for a good, I don't know, six months to a year during that given time, um, really kind of set me up for the rest of my life and not I mean, having control of my emotions is what I guess I'm trying to say, you know, and not necessarily taking out um, on people when I'm not feeling my, my very best. Now that doesn't mean that I don't, yeah, I shout out my kids and they come and they, they come and ask me a question when I'm in the middle of a very important email or I'm on a zoom call and they like decide that they want to like ask me if they can go to their friend's house set <laughs> or if they can order something on DoorDash when I'm, you know, on a phone call with a client or a reporter and I need to fully concentrate. But I'm talking about like my, you know, everyday friends, like the friends in my life, you know, if they call me out of the blue or they, you know, touch base on a text and I'm in a, in a really bad place, I won't like flip out on them or something like that. But it happens. I mean, it does happen. I've had that happen to me. I mean, I, I ne don't necessarily do that to others, but I definitely have had that happen to me. And I think the best way to de decide whether that is just a friend having a bad day or someone who's just a nasty friend um, is basically to kind of look at the consistency of that. So a good friend, a real friend, I should say, who may, you know, not necessarily react in the nicest circumstance, you know, way or whatever it may be. Um, well, eventually, and by eventually, I mean like probably within like a reasonable amount of time by like a couple hours or maybe even like 10 minutes later, apologize and say, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm having a really bad day. This is what happened. Or, you know, I'm so sorry I spoke to you that way. Or, you know, please forgive me or whatever, you know, that kind of situation. In addition to that, I think that you might be taken aback because they would be out of the blue, not, uh, you know, completely out of their character, something that doesn't obviously happen on a regular basis, as opposed to a toxic friend who essentially follows that pattern and tends to lash out a lot and never really like apologizes, or maybe they do, but it's not sincere. Um, they really don't show regret. They um, really don't, indicate that they have any inclination to change their pattern either. Um, even when they realize that they're making you feel bad, they don't necessarily really care. And I think that goes to, to show that like that person is obviously not happy with themselves. 
um, or has obviously anger management issues or whatever it may be, but that's not our problem, right? We're in it for us right now on this combo. And, you know, it's just a matter of what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to take. But I will tell you that when you're put down or you're lashed out um, by people in your life that you care about um, on a regular basis, not like every single day, but it happens consistently, you really do need to look and, and assess that situation and see if it's, you know, if it's serving you or if it's not serving you. Because I think if it's creating a friendship is creating more stress. I'm not talking about boyfriends either, everybody listening. I'm talking about girlfriends. Like it could be your, your, your female group. I guess it could be like a guy friend, obviously. It could be a relationship, but that that's just about a toxic relationship. I'm just talking about friendships right now um, because I think that they are a backbone. I'm playing off of what we talked about, obviously, last week with the Galentine. So at any rate, um, I just wanted to clear that up because as I'm saying this, I think it can be misconstrued that I'm talking about, you know, a boyfriend and you're coming home from work and they're flipping out on you because you know, you left the towel on the, on the bathroom floor or something like that. Um, at any rate, I think that it really can play, um, on your mind. And I think it can obviously set you up and create stress in your life. That's not necessary. I feel like, especially now in this world that we're all living in, we have so much stress, um, on a day-to-day basis, whether it be stress from our work, stress from finances, stress from lack of a job, stress from, you know, maybe an ill family member, maybe someone who passed away. Um, maybe you want to travel and just see family that you haven't seen in a very long time and you can't, and you're feeling that stress. I read an article in the paper today about um, the uptick in people going on apps because they're lonely and they don't necessarily even want a partner. They, they, they were probably not even looking to date before the pandemic, but now they're just desperate to have any kind of human connection because they feel so isolated that they're doing that. So I just think that in this crazy world we're in, it even makes it even more profound when someone's creating like unhappiness in your life to just remove it because you absolutely can and you should. Um, so that's like one thing. Okay. Number two is basically a friend who perhaps puts you down. Now, anybody who knows me personally knows that I love to make fun of myself. I am the first person to bust on myself and I laugh at jokes about myself the loudest. And I'm not sensitive at all. In fact, I, I, you know, I think if you can't laugh at yourself, then what good is it, right? In life, right? But that said, I think that when a friend regularly is demeaning you and makes you feel miserable about yourself and is making you feel inferior, whether they're saying it subtly or not, that's very different than someone who's just laughing with you. And I think you know in your gut the difference. I don't even think I need to explain the difference, but that's another reason that you would want to make an edit. Can you tell I was a journalist? <laughs> okay. Next, gossip. So I really am not one to gossip. If someone tells me a secret, first of all, I'm very trustworthy, so I'll keep the secret. But if I hear gossip from another source or from a source, say, whether it be a friend or a colleague or, you know, an acquaintance, I don't really share. I really try not to, if I know the person and there's obviously like, there's like a connection that way, if it's like a celebrity or something like that, maybe I'll, I'll have to indulge. I can't tell a lie, but if it's about someone else and it's negative, obviously, especially negative, I really don't because I, I really don't want to be attached to that kind of 
possible drama or eruption or pain or anything like that. I really try to rise above it. I listen and then I keep it inside. Um, I don't share. If someone tells me something that's going on, like personally, obviously, I won't go back and tell somebody else because that's just, that's not my place. And it's, I think it's completely wrong. And I think it's, it's happened to me. I've been um, talked about, gossiped about, um, it, you know, I it's a variety of different parts of my life, whether it be a news, because um, people can be really mean. Or when I was going through a turbulent time and I was getting, when I was married, not getting married, when I was married, um, I was the brunt of a lot of gossip when my marriage was, and that really didn't make me feel good at all. And, you know, especially because I think one person may have known in the whole community we lived in and look, it sped like quickly. Like, I have no idea. Well, I guess I do know how, but <laughs> it was still upsetting to say the least. Um, but I think the main thing is the trust barrier. I think that, you know, if you are one to hear a secret or someone confides in you and then you don't keep the secret inside, um, that really breaks trust as I've been in situations where I've been, someone's confided in me and I've been very close with like family members or like their best friends or whatever. And, um, I knew it was probably in their best interest to tell the other party, but I didn't because it was like going to break the trust of the person. So I did not, um, I'd want to just explain people that I feel as though that's probably the one of the pinnacles of friendship is trust. And if you can't trust somebody, then you have nothing. So there's that. And then I think another reason for an edit would be if you have someone in your life that's constantly putting themselves first and foremost, that is also a major reason to take the person and put them in the trash can, so to speak, that proverbial trash can of life. Um, not the trash can that you throw your trash in, by the way, the trash can on your computer, because we're editing everybody. Remember, we're editing. <laughs> um, at any rate, um, if you have a friend that sort of just comes into your life and things are great and they want to brag and they want to tell you all of the awesome stuff that they're up to, and then they just so casually ask how you're doing and then they go turn it back on to them. Or you have someone who um, sucks up your energy with all of their drama and sadness and it's never ending. Like obviously everybody has a bad time and I'm the first person to call a friend when I'm feeling blue because I'm a talker and I like to – I find comfort when I can confide in my friends about things and get their advice or just have their shoulder to lean on. Um, so I'm not complaining about someone who would call if they're in a bad place. I'm talking about the friend that – only calls you when they need you. It isn't calling you to reach out because they genuinely just want to connect and see how you are and maintain that connection. I think that those types of friends are just takers. And I think a real friendship goes both ways. Now, having said that, I do believe that certain times in life, you might be more of a taker or a giver. And that just goes, you know, with the flow of life, someone might need more attention in a given time and, or going through obviously a bad time and they might, you know, just require more as opposed to the other. But then the, I feel as though in time, it's the, the tide changes and like it either evens out or it goes back the other way. Um, but if it's never evening out and it's always the waves crashing in one direction, then I think that's also a reason to perhaps make an edit. So then going back to what I was talking about before about stress and, you know, friendships are supposed to reduce stress. I recently had a lovely dinner um, 
with my friend, Lauren, who's been on the show before. And I was not having the best day that, you know, we met for, I think we met like for an early evening dinner. Um, I'm trying to remember what time it was only a week ago, about like six, but that whole day I was just dragging. I was very tired. I didn't sleep up the night before. Um, nothing particularly happened bad at work. It was just not one of those awesome days where I got a lot of bookings and it kind of could be like an outro high or anything like that. It was just kind of a blase blah day, um, productive, but nothing overly exciting. Um, and then I, remember the only thing that really kind of kept me going was like, Oh, I'll get to see Lauren tonight. I'm going to get to see Lauren tonight. Cause we hadn't seen each other in a couple of weeks and I really wanted to catch up with her. And, um, I had gotten her a little gift for Valentine's day. Cause she's like a really good friend of me. And, um, I was excited to give it to her and it was sort of giving me like an excite, like sort of like a something to look forward to. I wouldn't say I was like, like glowing about it, <laughs> but I, I was, it, you know, it was something that kind of like kept me upbeat um, in my blah, blah, blah mood and day that I was in. Um, at any rate, when I got to the dinner and she arrived and we were having our wine and we were talking and laughing and having fun and sharing our crazy stories that we always have to share with one another. I know that my stress level was lifted. Um, I know that I was obviously in a good place. I was having fun. We were in a cool restaurant. Um, you know, we were cool people there. We, we she's, um, on TV. So we caught up with some of her colleagues, which was kind of cool for me because I don't get to see some of them on a regular basis. And it was good for me for work. So that was awesome. Plus they're cool people. And it was just a fun night. So that was a really, and that's kind of how it is when I'm with her. Everything's usually fun and upbeat and happy and very light. And that's why I love that friendship. Now that said, when she's in a bad place, she calls me first, I'm sure, because I'm always there for her. And likewise, she's like one of the first, if not the first person that I think to call because she's really good at listening and talking me off a ledge and giving me really sound advice. But I'd say like overall, our friendship is like super uplifting. We're both very positive people and we just really have fun with one another as, you know, just awesome friends. But if you're in a friendship with somebody and it's like, tension and it's stressful and they're like controversial a lot or they're demanding and they, you know, like they want all this stuff from you and they're not, you're not meeting their expectations for whatever reason or whatever the case may be. That's a reason to edit, 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 edit. Because when you're not with them, not only is it probably stressful for you when you're with them, when you're not with them, the likelihood is high that you're probably replaying like the night or the day or whatever the encounter was in your mind, kind of getting you angry all over again and just kind of keeping you in a very ugly place. So there's no point for that. There's no point in that at all. You know, I mean, I would say if it's somebody that's been in your life for a really long time, then, hey, have a conversation with them and explain your position. But if it's someone that's like, you know, a friend that's like in passing and not in passing, but like a friend that, you know, is not been like a lifelong friend, I guess I should say, then edit them. And if they're creating the stress for you on a regular basis, edit them. Edit, edit, edit. Um, your self-confidence and your self-esteem should never, ever be in jeopardy when you're in the company of a friend. That's just common sense guys. Right. So, um, that's my friend rant <laughs> and how that leads itself into the life plan is, is this. So as I go through the course of life, um, and each birthday passes, 
Um, my roadmap might sway a little more to the left. I might um, add a pit stop along the way. Perhaps I'm going to add like a lookout point where I might take a break and take a breath and give myself like five minutes, like, you know, to, to kind of reconvene with my mind and my soul, et cetera, et cetera. But I do have a roadmap. I definitely do. And my roadmap consists of wanting to remain in very positive friendships that are giving and taking kind of equally you in almost days. Um, and also surrounding myself with people that uplift me and that appreciate me and that think that I'm a value to their life. Um, and then also I want to focus on, you know, making sure that I am always finding purpose in my work. So I definitely think that my calling to date has been, serving as a publicist. I know I'm probably one of the best publicists in the nation. And I don't say that casually. I work very hard to be where we are as, a, as an MB and associates team. And very, very proud of that. Um, I also love writing and I always have since I was a little girl. And I'm very proud of the fact that I've written a book that um, I use as a platform for my keynoting and also as a way to hopefully have some sort of impact on other women's lives, I, you know, who may be going through a bad time, whether it be, you know, they're stuck in a bad job or they feel that they're stuck in a bad job or they want to get back into the workforce, but they don't know how to put their first, first foot forward because they've been a stay-at-home mom for a really long time and they don't have that self-esteem to do so. Or maybe they're in a marriage, like kind of like I was, but I was, you know, in a position that I had my own business and that maybe they feel like they're quote stuck because they don't have necessarily finances to have the freedom to make a decision to, to make a change like that. Uh, whatever it is, everybody has like a time where you kind of feel like you can't move. I know that. And some people have it multiple times in their life. I know I certainly did. So that was the reason for that book. And now I'm writing another book called you don't have to be a bitch to be a boss and everybody kind of laughs at that title it's definitely catchy but really the book is about mentorship and leadership and the importance of like leading with love basically i know that sounds really cheesy it's definitely not going to be written that way in the book but that's sort of like basically the underlying message about leading with kindness and leading with um guidance and not leading a team with fear and also like women empowering other women and reaching out and helping other women and not, um, you know, looking at other women as competition as I know so many women do. So that's really what that book is all about because you don't have to be a bitch to be a boss. Get it. You can be nice and a normal person, <laughs> not bitchy. Um, but at any rate, that's definitely in my roadmap. Um, it's on my roadmap. I should say it's, it's imprinted in my, life plan. And um, I also have plans to go back to school. Um, I'm intending to uh, attend the University of Pennsylvania um, to attain my master's in positive psychology. I'm supposed to start in the fall. Um, and I'm going to be doing that part time online. So that's probably going to take me about two years to complete, but that's something that I really want to, to, um, obtain for so many reasons. I think number one, it's going to give me 
you know, my PhD degree and incredible uh, credibility to to be a keynote speaker in the empowerment space, as well as offer people like real, you know, genuinely um, organic information about how to become positive. I also think that as I enter, not right now, thankfully, but <laughs> in the next 10 to 15 years, I start thinking more along the lines of what my older life, I don't want to call it retirement because I'm never going to retire, but my, my next act would look like, I definitely know I'll still be an MB and associate. Um, I think that's always going to be a part of my fabric. Um, this company is everything to me and I created it literally from nothing. So I'll never walk away. Um, but I think that, um, I would like to explore other avenues as well. Certainly keynoting being one, but I really do want to get into therapy, um, which is why I'm also looking to obtain my, my degree in, um, in psychology as in a master's of psychology, I should say, so that I can help other people find their peace and positivity and, and silver lining in their dark cloud too. So that's all part of it. I also want to get out of the Northeast. I definitely think I'll always have some presence in New York city, um, part-time, like maybe six months out of the year. And I want to go somewhere warm and have some sort of like, you know, happy existence with palm trees and a beach, whether that is in um, Florida somewhere or perhaps Los Angeles or yeah, probably the only two locations I think I would most likely buy a property. Um, I'm not sure yet. It depends on a lot of things, obviously. Um, one being where MB grows um, and also where maybe a love is found. <laughs> we'll see. But, and I also do want to have a partner. So that's, that's part of my roadmap too. Right now, while I host the race for the ring and I am dating and I have fun stories to share. Um, it's no lie that it's not a major priority for me. Um, certainly if it shows up on my doorstep, I'm, I'm going to embrace it full force, but, um, you know, I'm dating open, open-mindedly, but I'm definitely not being very, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not diligent, but I'm not, I'm not being very, I, it's not a priority for me is what I'm trying to say. Cause there's so many other things that are in my life that are taking up a lot of time that I'm very passionate about basically everything. I kind of just rattled off to not to mention my children who I'm very involved obviously with to say the least. So anyway, but later on in life, um, hopefully not too later on than you know, then whatever, like life has in store. I, um, I do want to have a, a partner. I do want to get married again. I do want to fall in love again. I want all of the above. Um, I think that everyone, someone out, I forget where I was. It was, maybe I was on a date. I don't know. So I think I was, oh gosh, I wish you guys were like here. I feel like I'm like, I could have like a conversation with, I literally always say, I could talk to a brick wall. I'm literally talking to myself. I was, I'm looking at the time. It's like 30 minutes. I'm like, I have so much more to say, but I, I'll wrap it up in a minute. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm like entertaining myself tonight. Um, I'm recording this in the evening on Tuesday and this is going to come out on Thursday. So just have, so you have a, a you know, time frame in your mind of when I was recording it. Um, so as I was saying, um, and my dogs want to get out of here. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I was sort of just ended it where I could. Um, as, as I was saying 
um, you know, I, I definitely do want to get married again. Someone was asking me why I want to get married again, because I have children and that would basically be the only reason to get married. You could just like live with somebody and like call it a day that way. And well, that's all true for me. My answer was, um, I think the person, gosh, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. I don't think it was a date. I think it was another, it may have been another girl. Um, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It wasn't someone I was dating. I think it was, maybe it was a colleague or something, perhaps a male colleague. I'm not sure. But that said, <laughs> um, from they, I think they were alluding that like, the only other reason someone would maybe want to get married is because they want like financial comfort. And for me, I don't need that. I work my butt off and I can support myself and buy myself what I want. And um, even if I couldn't, I'd find a way to do that. And I always have. I mean, I used to live literally paycheck to paycheck when I first started out in news. So um, I know what it's like to have zero and like literally use your check and have like $20 until the next paycheck, which was for two more weeks. Um, and I also know what it's like to, to, to be comfortable. So I, I never take a dollar for granted ever, ever, ever. But I also know that I'll always stand on my own two feet. Um, it's certainly nice to feel like support from a, like a partner, know that you have, they have your back in every way, but that's not my reason. My reason is more because I feel like if someone really loves you, um, they would want to commit to you and they would want to know that you're theirs forever and that they're not going anywhere if you're sick or, you know, life, whatever her life has in store, or, you know, you be, you know, you can't walk anymore. They'll be there to take care of you. And I want to be able to do that. I mean, I would do that anyway for someone I love, but I just, I want that commitment back and forth, that unconditional, like, never going away, never leaving your side, no matter what love. So that's my goal. And then, and if I don't find it, then that's fine. But if I do, then I feel like I have a more blessed life than I already have. So there's my roadmap. I'm anxious to hear yours. You guys, if you are so inclined, um, you can drop me a note. Um, I'm going to have summary my, um, my producer and assistant, she's amazing, by the way, um, pop my email address in the show notes for this show. And you guys, not my, I'm going to, not my, yeah, my work one. That's probably the best one because that's the one I check the most. Um, see, still having the conversation with myself. Um, at any rate, I, <laughs> I'm anxious to hear what you guys, uh, what you guys think and what your roadmaps look like. Maybe if you could just share like a few bullet points about maybe what you want professionally, personally, and otherwise I'd love to hear. Maybe I'll incorporate the theme into like a follow-up podcast that I do solo next time. So for now, I'm going to sign off. Um, I appreciate you indulging me with your ears. Um, I hope that my insight helps a little bit. And know that, you know, it's okay to edit. I'm the, per I'm the first person to be like, oh, I'm so mean. It's so mean. But you have to look out for yourself because if you have bad, bad energy in your life, it's going to suck your good energy and you're going to have left to give to other people that deserve it, especially you. So just remember that. Okay. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.